Before we jump into today's episode, I want to invite you to Rhythm Conference. Rhythm Conference is February 10th and 11th in Fargo, North Dakota at Northview Church, and it is going to be an awesome time. We're going to have guest speakers including Keith and Kristen Peterson, Josiah and Micah Keneally, Jordan Smucker, and NDSU's own Grant and Amy Olson. This is going to be a time for us to make new friends, to worship together, but also to find our rhythm. What does it look like to follow Jesus in this ambiguous, sometimes confusing season of life? It's for anybody in your early 20s to early 30s. Be a friend, tell a friend, visit rhythmconf.com to find more information and to register today. The conference itself is only $40. It's going to include breakout sessions, after parties, three main sessions. It's going to be Awesome. So visit rhythmconf.com, R-H-Y-T-H-M-C-O-N-F.com. We'll see you there on February 10th and 11th. Welcome to the Going Somewhere podcast, a podcast for anyone who finds themselves in the ambiguous adventure of young adulthood, a season marked by uncertainty, change, love, heartbreak, and a whole lot of big decisions. Sit down with me for some real and raw conversations with some incredible people as we dig into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in this beautiful yet complicated season of life. If this podcast helps you in any way, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with friends. Be sure to join the conversation on Instagram by following goingsomewhere.podcast. We're all going somewhere. We might as well go there together. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Going Somewhere podcast. Today I am joined by my friend Dave Schuster. How's it going, Dave? Hey, it's going great, Stephen. Thanks hey. for having me today. Absolutely. I am pumped to have you. You are currently the pastor, your worship pastor at Northview Church. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, your family, what you're doing. Yeah, sure. Sweet. Yeah, thanks, Stephen, for having me on the episode today. Yeah, um, I've been married to my wife, Sarah, for nine and a half years, and we've got three kids. Our son is six, our daughter is three, and then we've got a now seven-month-old. So we're kind of in the same stage with kids as you are, as far as not necessarily getting a ton of sleep at night, Yes. kind of navigating toddlerhood, and now one in kindergarten, too, and so it's it's been an adventure, so... Yeah, lots of fun. Absolutely. Love it. And we, you know, we we got to live together for a year. Uh, you were my internship yeah. director with Chi Alpha. And so we have lots of lots of shared history. So it's fun to have you yes. on the podcast. Some of my favorite memories of living with you are one, your music playing ability, which is <laughs> yeah, anybody that knows you knows you're musical and you're talented in that area. But I and those that you lived with got a special you know, front row seat. <laughs> yeah. And probably more than you wanted. Probably I, too much music. <laughs> I don't think so. If I look back at my videos from those years, I can find several of me like secretly recording you playing worship music <laughs> in the living room late at night. And Seriously? So, oh, for sure. One Dude, of my favorite memories. You got to show that to me. Man. I, I, I will find it. And then that and the toothbrushing. The toothbrushing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's resurfaced so, recently. We just talked about this recently. <laughs> Apparently I have some pretty, pretty extraordinary toothbrushing. Which your habits. wife kind of, my wife kind of brought it to light again recently. I, I tend to be, then I'll let you comment your perspective, Stephen. I tend to be a little bit of a, a toothbrushing wanderer. 
so I'll start brushing my teeth, but it's kind of boring just standing in front of the mirror. So I'll kind of wander around the house and start putting away clothes or just doing something or looking out the window. And my wife's not a huge fan of it because she figures that stuff is probably spraying out of my mouth all over the house. No, I'm not too worried. I just said, you know, outside of like a guitar in your hand, you know, probably 40% of our time living together, you had a toothbrush sticking out of your mouth. So, you know, so when she said it, it actually just brought back yeah. some very good memories. All those memories. Oh, that's great. You know, those are fun times. Now, I was the roommate who just tried to mooch food. That was <laughs> yeah. my, if those were your signatures. Yep. The toothbrushing and the music and you were the food moocher. Yeah. Well, I, you know. It was the spirit of Dave Schuster. I wrote a, a song or, or two mm-hmm. to, to get me some to get me some food. That was the, that <laughs> was a right. great thing. You know, you had guitars laying around, and we mm-hmm. had a very musical apartment. Yeah, we did. And so, yep. you know, I, I learned to play guitar on that same time, and mm-hmm. I had these instruments yep. at my disposal, and yeah. I would use them for selfish gain to gain food, <laughs> to gain friendship, you know, yeah. all those things. But that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> we are talking about worship, but also just the awesome, amazing fact that NBC Worship is releasing an album. Yeah. Amazing. So why don't you, when this episode comes out, we'll have just had our worship night. Mm-hmm. The album will be fresh in everybody's Spotify. But yeah. I would just love to hear, you know, about the songs and just about kind of the idea that sparked hey, this church, us, why not us to write yeah. some music? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. So about almost three years ago now, my sister-in-law, Fate, came to me and she said, you know, in so many words, she said, Dave, I feel like this is the season that we need to begin writing and begin really listening to the Holy Spirit for what are the songs that he's proclaiming over our church. And I said, yeah, Fate, I love it. I think you're right on, and and let's go for it. And why don't you head up our songwriting group? And so for the last about two and a half years now, Fate has been leading our songwriting efforts. And it's been so fun because Fate is such an incredibly talented songwriter, incredibly creative person, amazing worship leader, and just has so much passion and really helped um, our group of six develop our writing skills over that time. And right from the very beginning, you know, we kind of said the reason we want to write songs is not because we want to be famous or want to make a bunch of money because we know that's not going to (laughs) happen. But the reason we want to write songs is because we feel like God has called us to proclaim truths over our congregation. And these songs that we began to write, we really felt like um, these are these are gifts for the people of our church. And, you know, especially for me as the, as the worship pastor of this church, I feel like our congregation, the people that God's called me to shepherd, I want to um, write songs and proclaim songs over them that are going to help them become everything that God's called them to be. So that was kind of how it came about. And then over these two and a half years, it's just been a, an awesome journey of kind of wrestling together with songs and concepts and ideas to get to this point where we're at today. That's amazing. Was, was writing music. I know we talked a little bit. Music's been a part of your family forever, Mm -hmm. which we could zoom, go back a little bit on that, but was writing music a part of kind of your makeup and just like 
what drew you to music? Sure. Good question. Um, it really wasn't. I never really saw myself as as much of a, a song writer. And so it was incredibly stretching for me in these last couple years to really begin growing into that. And part of that, I think, is I'm a so I'm an Enneagram one, which is perfectionist. And so okay. Okay. and so when when you're a perfectionist and you're trying to be creative, it, it's just really challenging because as you're creating something, you, you see every little flaw and you think, oh, it's not quite perfect. And if you're drawing, you think, oh, that line is not quite straight. And, and when you're writing songs, you think, oh, it doesn't rhyme quite right. Or that, that lyric isn't quite as impactful as it could be or as this other song is. Or this chord progression isn't original enough. And so for me, part of the journey has been like, I think, learning to lay down that that desire for things to be perfect (laughs) and just to to lay that down before the Lord and say, you know what? God isn't asking me to be perfect. And so in any area of my life. And so certainly he's not asking me to write songs that are, that are perfect. And sometimes I just need to be okay with struggling through the process of writing. And so, no, it wasn't natural for me at (laughs) all. And it still really isn't. It actually, I feel like it takes me a lot of work, a lot more work than it takes some other people that it comes really naturally to. Um, but I've really enjoyed the the process of gradually, hopefully getting a little bit better at it over time. <laughs> well, no, that's cool. I think it just goes to show though, too, like the thing that I have admired about you, uh, there's many things, including your toothbrush, <laughs> diligence. Um, but, you know, the thing that I've admired about you is just your genuine heart for worship. Like mm. it's not just about the music. It's sure you crave perfection, but you've always had the heart of a worshiper. Hence, Mm. you know, you just worshiping alone in the apartment for hours and hours and hours. I think Mm -hmm. that was just like a discipleship moment for me, who is a few years younger than you, just kind of being around you of like, you're always singing, you're always, Mm. you know, living that way. And so I think that's the beautiful thing about writing an album with that intention and with that heart. And so you talked a little bit about kind of bringing songs to the church. So in that part of the process, like how is the Lord leading you and the team to write the songs that you guys wrote? And how do you feel like those have have had and will have an impact on our church and the church? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's really cool. Cause when you write um, music, you know, you can't, obviously you write from um, scriptural truth, like that has to be your foundation, but you can't separate the, the individual aspect of it. Like I'm going to naturally write things that are from my own experiences and my own understanding of God and my own journey with God. And, you know, we can, we all, you know, have favorite songs that we like for whatever reason. And more than likely, whoever wrote that song, like there's something really personal about it to them that kind of brought them to that, that final product. And so I think for all of us, you know, we were looking at, okay, what's God doing in our church in this season and trying to lean into like, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking over our church? What do you want us to be proclaiming? What truth should we be proclaiming? You know, what are the areas in our church that um, seem like they're, they're really growing and really life-giving right now? And what are areas where maybe there's lack that we want to begin speaking life and speaking truth and proclaiming truth into and so, again, so much of it was like looking at um, our church and the people around us and our relationships and just thinking through, God, what is it you want us to proclaim over these people? That's cool. Yeah. Do you feel like, I know some of the songs have been a part of just kind of 
our worship culture in the last mm-hmm. several months. Yep. Right. Do you feel like any of those have grabbed hold and have kind of been like a, Oh no, I feel like when we released King Jesus or when we first sang King Jesus on yep. Easter, which is yep. one of the songs in the album, yep. there was those that knew that that was our song. There was like a bolt of like, yeah, energy, you know, of just yeah, like, this yeah. is not only great that our church is doing this, but I felt like mm-hmm. it just resonated with people. Have there been any of those moments along the way for you and your team that when you're, you know, doing these songs in in the, in a worship environment mm-hmm. on Sunday or wherever that you're kind of going, okay, we're onto something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think that song, King Jesus that you mentioned, um, Ella Dostal wrote that song and <clears throat> Right away, I think we thought, wow, this is this is such an Easter song because it just screams right. <laughs> the, the truth of like the death and resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And so that was definitely a really powerful moment, I think, in our congregation to hear that song. And there was definitely that that sense for the church, like you mentioned, of like, wow, this is our song. Like, this is our song. And and that that's how we feel like not like this is our song like I'm the one who wrote it but like as a church like this is our song this is a song of our people um, that you know God has given to us as a gift and we want to proclaim it over over our congregation so I definitely think that moment on Easter with King Jesus was a really powerful moment um, also one of the songs that Fate wrote is a song called Illuminate and um, that one we released at a women's night last year. That was the first time that that one had been played and been heard. And the response that night from that song was absolutely incredible, too. Oh, and awesome. Yeah. So it is really cool to see how there's just been those little moments. And also, it's fun because about, I would say, I think four of the songs on the album are ones that we had been doing on Sundays at least you know, once or twice they had been out there. So our church knew them a little bit. And that was something that was kind of important is we, we wanted these to really feel like they belonged to our people before right. they became released kind of to the public. We want to kind of give our church the opportunity to hear them. And the cool thing about that too is, you know, you do a song on a Sunday and as a as a worship team, you kind of get an immediate idea of did people grab onto that or did it feel like it just kind of fell flat on its face. You know, you're, you're kind of looking at the congregation and seeing if people are connecting with the song or um, maybe you're chatting with people afterwards, like, hey, what did you, what did you think about that song? And so I think that was kind of part of the process too, right. was getting some of those songs out in front of people ahead of time so we could kind of see what's resonating and, and what's connecting. And that kind of, you know, came back to our main goal of like, these songs are for these people. And so we want to make sure that we're... Um, you know, writing songs for the people God's called us to shepherd. Right. That's so cool. Was there anything surprising about the writing process or for you and your team? You, well, one thing you had mentioned the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, you started a few years ago with fate coming to you and saying, yep. Hey, this is something. Mm-hmm. And so just that length of time, I think allows a lot of time for you guys to probably think what songs, how do we do it? But were there any surprises that popped in and out of just that mm. process in general or the team in general? Yeah. Wow. That's a great question. Um, I would say like surprises. So over the course of those two and a half years, you know, we wrote more than seven songs. We wrote um, <laughs> quite a few songs or partial songs or song concepts. And so there's a lot of stuff that we poured 
hours and lots of energy into over the last two and a half years that might never see the light of day <laughs> right because that was just part of the process and i think if you talk to you know anyone who writes music or just about any creative process that oftentimes is is how it goes you know you might write a hundred good songs to get five or a hundred songs to get five that are actually good. <laughs> right. And so I would say that was a little bit of a surprise. You know, there were songs that I had started working on that maybe right away I thought, Oh, this is so good. And then you bring it to the team and they're kind of like, Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, Dave, like keep working on it. You know, <laughs> I had that, Come I had those on. moments. Yeah. Right. And others on the team kind of had those moments too. And, um, I think that always comes as a little bit of a shock and you have to make sure that you're, you know, you don't let your ego get the best of you and, you know, come back to the, the reason why we're, why we're doing all this. And, and so that was, that was definitely, I would say one of the surprising things. An another thing I would say is some of the songs that, um, you know, that ended up in the album are ones that came together really quickly and maybe we didn't spend as much time developing them it was just like it just came together right and then the team kind of came and it was like yeah that's it like that's really good we're gonna we're gonna do that <laughs> and so it's just crazy how some things that you spend a ton of time on end up not really working out and you just have to be like okay i guess that wasn't it but then other things just come together really quick and it's like wow that's that's actually that's the one that's right that's a keeper right there so so that i think that whole process of the the writing journey was really, really good and, and really valuable because again, you, as a perfectionist, you, you want to think every, everything you write, uh, everything you start, you're going to finish and it's going to be just great when you're done. Right. But you really have to be okay with, you know, I've heard it said, you have to, you have to write bad songs. You just have to be okay with writing bad songs because you're going to write a lot of bad ones before you finally get a good one. Right. <laughs> so that journey was really important, I think, for me and the rest of the team. I love, I love that. And I, I also love, like, I know I've talked to Ella, you know, who's now, you know, leading worship in Utah, yeah. um, yep. which is kind of bittersweet as we I know. Have yes. our, well had our worship night um, for her not to be on the stage singing her songs. But um, I've talked to her and just, she's, she's another one of those that's just a worshiper. You know, I got to mm -hmm. work with her when she was with Chi Alpha as a college student, as a sophomore mm -hmm. and junior, mm -hmm. and her just kind of being like this extremely talented musician and vocalist, mm -hmm. then seeing her catch that heart of worship in, in a greater way and just see her heart just go after Jesus was really cool. And so just to envision mm -hmm. her, you know, at the piano late at night, just before there was ever a thought of a writing team. And mm -hmm. it is what really mm -hmm. is special to me too, is that God's been working these songs in your hearts for years and years and years, mm -hmm. just like he's working things in ours. And now it's kind yeah. of like joining together. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's yeah. really fun. Um, I do want to talk just briefly about a man named Pastor Larry, you know, yes. in this whole process. Yes, so, love Pastor, Pastor Larry. Pastor Larry leads the senior adults at our church at Northview. We have a pretty young staff and Pastor Larry is not as young. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, he, uh, he's a very special man and he got to be a part of this process. Do you want to just talk he did. about that? Yeah. Yeah, he sure did. It was so cool. So one of the things that, that we learned early in our journey uh, of songwriting was that um, it's very important to make sure that, you know, we're speaking in church context, obviously, we want to be writing songs that are theologically aligned <laughs> with what we believe and with the Bible. 
And, um, you know, we were, we were doing our best to do that, but we knew that we needed like a second party, an outside party to look at these songs. And so we had just heard that, you know, it's best practice to really have someone do theological reviews of your songs. And so I thought, okay, well, who do we have close by that would be really good at doing theological reviews? And the answer is Pastor Larry Gunther. <laughs> he was, uh, he was a, uh, a Bible school teacher for uh, years and years and just like knows the Bible inside and out. And so every time we would have a new song that we were ready to try out on a Sunday, I would send it to Pastor Larry ahead of time and just say, hey, just read through these lyrics and please like let me know if there's anything here that doesn't make sense or that seems off or anything that's just like totally unbiblical because the last thing we want to do is sing something that you know is contrary to scripture and and so pastor larry would look over those and he'd give me feedback on all of them which was incredibly helpful so i i love that man i'm so glad yeah. he was part of that process i just love that you know the kingdom of god functions in that way that yeah. he gets mm -hmm. to share in this you know mm -hmm. of course he wasn't yeah. the one pen to paper he wasn't at the keyboard late at night or on the guitar but you know he he got to play a role in this and I think that's really fun for our church but also just like I love that part of that process was to ensure that this is something that is as biblically accurate as possible and, mm -hmm. and so I think that's right. really cool yeah um, yeah so let's talk just quickly about the album where to find it yeah. Uh, what's it called? Yeah. And, and all that. Yeah. The album is called illuminated by NVC worship and you can find it on Apple music, Spotify, Amazon music, just about anywhere you can stream or buy music. It's, it's out there. You can connect with us on Instagram. It's at NVC worship and you can get all the links there to, to find the album. Perfect. Yeah. Love it. I want to talk just a little bit more you know, with our audience being young adults who are from a variety of walks of life and finishing up college, living in the quote unquote real world, mm -hmm. um, how can our worship impact our everyday life? And I know worship is more than song. So do you just want yeah. to talk, kind of open the can up on that a little bit mm -hmm. of how worship impacts your everyday life and, and how it can impact ours? Cool. Yeah. I, I love that question because I think often we do kind of put worship in a box and we think of worship as this 20 minute period on Sundays that we're singing songs. And while that is an expression of worship, you know, worship is so much more than that. Um, you know, worship is a lifestyle. And I think, you know, the definition I like the most is worship really is our hearts responding to who God is. And every time we get a new glimpse of who God is and our hearts respond to that reality, that really is worship. You know, we're expressing worship, we're, we're adoring, we're acknowledging who God is. And worship can happen and does happen in so many different settings and so many different ways. And what I feel like one of the roles that I carry as a worship pastor is, yes, to lead a time of worship on Sunday morning, but hopefully those times of worship are allowing people to get into God's presence long enough to realize how good he is and how good his presence is so that on Monday morning they want to spend time with the Lord and get into his presence right. and experience him the rest of the days of the week. 
Because if worship is just something we do on Sundays and that's it, I feel like we're missing out so much on the, the lifestyle of worship that God has for us. Right. And even, you know, beyond singing, because some people might think, well, I'm not a good singer, so I can't just, you know, worship on Monday morning at home and, and sing. Well, there's so many other expressions of worship. And the Bible talks about how giving, you know, generosity is an act of worship. Um, you know, the, the parable that, that Jesus shares about the, the Good Samaritan I believe demonstrates that, you know, worship is not just about what we do when we're at church, but it's about when church is over and we're back out on the street, how are we treating the people that we're walking past who are in need? And so throughout my daily life, on my way to the gym or when I'm at a coffee shop or when I'm here at the church office, you know, how am I living a lifestyle of worship in the way that I'm treating the people around me? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I think of the Romans text and, you know, offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And just that Mm -hmm. is our form of worship and just that worshiping with our whole life. And I think song is important because not only, you know, do we have the precedence of it in today's church, but also you look at the Psalms, you look at, Mm -hmm. you know, when David would have a victory. They would sing. They would, it was just a part of their, their everyday life in, in Jewish culture and in an old Testament, you know, writings. And obviously David was a worship leader in in a sense. And that was David's first role in the kingdom really Mm -hmm. outside of being a shepherd. He would play worship for Saul and make him calm down Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then he would get spears thrown at him. And that's (laughs) besides the point. But, but I just think that that act of using instruments and using, our mouths is, has always been that, that way. And I think that is so important. Um, mm-hmm. and I, that's what I love about like it going beyond just, of course there's ancient songs and songs that were written, um, you know, like amazing grace. That's just like, we yeah. can sing that. Any Sunday. It, and yep. then, but there's also things like I want to do a new thing. And yeah. And, yep. and I Amen. think that comes from churches like ours, but also in our own times of worship, I think, mm-hmm. Yeah, songwriting. Maybe it's never going to be. Hopefully, the ones I'm writing, writing are never going to be. But it's just the times where I just begin to open up my mouth and yeah. begin to praise Him in a way that's unique to me. Yeah, totally. Um, yep. You know, I I just think that that's part of that as well. Just as much as yep. being a good employee and mm, our mm-hmm, yeah. our daily work that we do as engineers, electricians, teachers, like that's a form of worship as yep. well. So yep. it's amen. Yeah. Because yeah. God, I mean, God is infinite, which means there are infinite attributes of him to, to be discovered and to be worshiped and to be adored and to be admired. And, and God's also a creative God. And so when we express creativity, we're really expressing some of the, the God given, creativeness that he put inside of us. And so to your point, you know, yeah, there are, you know, these Psalms from the Bible and then there are, you know, hymns from hundreds of years ago, but I believe that God does love it when his people come to him with new creative expressions of worship, new songs. And there's just something new and something fresh about that, that, that God loves. And also, you know, I think about the songwriters on our team and again, like, you know, each of them have such an incredible walk with God, incredible stories, and each of them have been through their own 
pains and struggles and trials and they've seen God faithful through all of those things, you know, in the mountaintop seasons and in the valleys. And when they write out of that, that place of, you know, having gone through these ups and downs and seen God faithful through it all, they're able to communicate something about the character of God that maybe I've never seen before, maybe you've never seen before. But all of a sudden, because of this song that was written from that place maybe of pain, I'm able to see some new characteristic of God and and worship and adore him in a new way because of this revelation from someone else's creative expression. So that's right. just why I think like creativity is such an important thing in the body of Christ and, and songwriting is a big part of that. Yeah. And I, like you mentioned, like just the idea of something in our life that kind of grips us. And I think we all mm-hmm. have those songs mm-hmm. that we can come back to again and again and again. Yeah. Yep. And you know, it's like the song that comes on and I'm like, yes. And everyone's like, yeah, I've never heard of this one. <laughs> right. For me, one of those has always been with everything by oh, my Hillsong. Yeah. And I think yes. it probably doesn't have as much just like meaning of, Oh, I really resonate with what, but it was a time in my life where yeah. the things of God were becoming realer or more real to me, but also mm-hmm. just the idea of with everything, like everything in mm-hmm. me, it was mm-hmm. something that I was feeling called to and convicted in and walking in. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny, like, Javen was the king of it, but you know, he would play that song specifically on nights I would preach or he would <laughs> play that yeah. song the, the final night of my last night at Chi Alpha, he played that song and just went for like eight minutes and oh, I could barely yes. preach, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. like give me Jesus is a song that I sing to my kids every single night. And I have mm. for now four years, wow. you know, yeah. and that's so cool. So just praying like that song, like at the end of the day, that's my prayer for them is like just that idea of, give me Jesus. You, you can have the whole world, but just give me Jesus. Mm, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I think that's the cool thing that we can grip hold, grab hold of in, in songs too. Do you have any songs like that, that are kind of like, this one's been with me for a long time that I just oh, kind of cling man. to. And, and yeah. that's probably a bad song to your question for a worship leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That that's tough. Lots of songs. Cause in songs carry so like you, alluded to songs carry so much like emotion and memory to them you know um i i this isn't science scientific necessarily but i mean i i've heard and i've read that like music is one of the biggest um triggers to um memories you know and so if there's a certain like sound or a song that connects to a certain event that happened in your life there's always going to be that really strong connection. And so, yeah, I definitely have, you know, certain songs that I can remember singing during, uh, maybe it was like at a, a Chi Alpha fall retreat where, you know, God just really touched my life during this moment in worship. And every time I hear that song, I'm brought back to that yeah. place and that memory. And like you said, like maybe it's not even that great of a song, <laughs> but it has that memory attached to it because I remember that God was really speaking to me or really touching my life in a powerful way because of that song. And, right. and, uh, yeah, for me, I, the song that has always been kind of the lullaby for, for my kids when I put them to bed is what a beautiful name that that song came out about the time our firstborn was born. And I just remember singing that to him all the time. And, and that's kind of one of my prayers is that that song will just be, so ingrained in them and it'll bring back just these memories of kind of their very first years and uh experiencing you know those moments of worship i guess right so, 
Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm curious listeners. I want you to comment. I would love for people to comment your go-to songs or the songs that come, <laughs> yes, yes, come yes. into your minds and your hearts. Um, but no, this is so good. I, I just feel like as young adults and one of the things that, um, you know, we kind of come back to again and again, and the rhythm conference here in just a little bit, it kind of comes back to this point of there's so much distraction in our lives. There's so many things Mm -hmm. that pull us in different directions. There's so many expectations and sometimes it pulls us not into like, it's not necessarily pulling people into just destructive habits as much as it is just an inward decay of just Mm. the things of God that are important and necessary just get squeezed out, pushed out. Mm -hmm. And just with the, you know, things in life and, and just distractions of our world. And, and I yeah. think worship, one of the things to me is just attention. Like it just brings yeah. my attention and my focus yep. to God. So whether that's in my yeah. car in the morning uh, and I'm talking about, you know, song, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah. I think like that's something that we can all take home a little bit too, is just yeah. worship is attention to God and we worship other things too, like, which is a hard thing to think mm. about, but our worship mm-hmm. isn't, uh, obviously in the old Testament you had, and in new Testament, you had people building statues and mm. bronze mm. towers and, and these things that yeah. they, these idols that they would literally worship. Yeah. But in our day and age in our society, it's a lot more subtle. It's mm. the mm-hmm. things we give our time to the things that we give our hearts and attention to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so to, totally. on a regular basis, put our attention on the Lord, not yeah. wait for just Sunday, which is yep. a big part, but what, uh, as a worship pastor, what's your prayer when we're gathering for that corporate time of worship on a Sunday? Like what's your prayer over the congregation? What's your prayer over our church as you mm. prepare to lead that time of worship in our church? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think my prayer, um, for our corporate worship times is that, um, People would, people would see and experience uh, Jesus, a God who, who loves them, and 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 died for them, and cares for them, and has a, a plan and a hope and a future for them. Uh, you know, even on Sunday mornings, it can be it can be easy for people to maybe be distracted by uh, trying to keep up with the words on a screen, or maybe you know distracted by a, a light over here that's doing something funny, or. Or maybe um, distracted by the fact that we're doing a new song and they don't know the song, and so it can kind of derail their thoughts. But you know, my prayer at the end of the day is that um, we, who are leading worship on the platform, would be totally invisible, and people would be pointed to to God and see and understand Him in a new and powerful way. You know, again, I think giving people that taste of what it means to truly. Uh, sit in God's presence and wait in God's presence. And you, and you mentioned this, Stephen, like waiting is such a lost <laughs> art in our world and in our society. <laughs> we don't like to wait for anything. Right. Everything is so <laughs> fast paced. But even just thinking off the top of my head, there are so many instances in scripture that where it talks about waiting on the Lord and waiting upon him and waiting in his presence and being still before the Lord. And those are things that I think have become so lost in our in our lives. And so that's another one of my prayers is that when we come together in worship, that people would learn what it means to really just wait on the Lord, to focus our attention on him and wait on him. 
because you know I I don't have anything in of myself to to offer anyone and and nobody on the worship team like we don't have anything to offer anything to give but if we can simply point people to Jesus and say hey he's he's why we're here he's what this is all about and and if if that can be the focus if we could focus people's attention on Jesus then I think our times of corporate worship can be transforming I think people's lives can be completely changed I think um, you know marriages and relationships can be healed in times of worship I think that a moment in worship can can lead people to incredible life change that's going to set them on a different trajectory for their life so that's that's my prayer for worship times on Sunday mornings that's awesome I love that <laughs> uh, as we kind of close um, you know one of the things that I was just reminded of is a time at fall retreat where the projectors cut out. So mm. they died, oh. you know, at like the first, the first night of fall retreat, the second night of fall retreat, um, for our Chi Alpha ministry. And at first, like you could tell the worship team was panicking, you know, and mm -hmm. people, it, it was almost like arms were lifted and people were just going after it. And then the music or like the word stopped. Yeah. And so people just like stared blankly at the screen and, <laughs> And it was one of those moments I'll never forget because I just felt like the Holy Spirit just kind of like speaking to my heart. And I went up and I shared with the students of just kind of the idea of like GPS and how we've become so tuned into our GPS that hmm. when we don't have that, we feel almost lost. And, and, hmm. and in that mm -hmm. moment, it was just revealing of like, are we singing songs that you know, somebody wrote and they're on the screen and we're, mm -hmm. we're singing them in a beautiful way that's still honoring to God. Or are we really pressing into worship, you know, mm -hmm. and worshiping in spirit mm -hmm. and in truth, like the Bible talks about. Yeah. And I just kind of shared that and just invited the students to just close their eyes and just totally, you know, sing their own song. I said, if you don't mm -hmm. know the lyrics, just sing out your love and adoration for God. And yeah, and it was one of the more powerful worship experiences I've ever been in. Cause mm -hmm. you just saw students like from the stage, you saw students immediately tears come out and cause mm -hmm. they had never done that. Like they had wow. never just taken yeah. the time to just put into their own words, mm -hmm. that adoration to God. And it was when the words mm -hmm. were eliminated that, that worship like was a breakthrough for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I just think wow. that yeah. might not, I, I hope that doesn't happen for us. We almost <laughs> had that a couple weeks ago. Remember that yeah, we did. where the screens were a little iffy for a second, <laughs> but I, I, it's not about that. It's about that idea of even the words can sometimes get in the way. Mm -hmm. And if we allow mm -hmm. it to, you know, and just that yeah. heart of worship. So yeah, for sure. You've listened to the podcast, so you know, my final question and maybe you weren't prepared for it, but <laughs> If you were to go back to 20-year-old Dave Schuster yes, yes. Uh, and ask, or, and what is the question? I haven't done one of these in a while. If you were to, <laughs> if you were to be sitting down between, yeah, with you and 20-year-old Dave Schuster, 22-year-old Dave Schuster, what's one piece of advice you would give him? Oh, boy. Wow. One piece of advice. Um, man, I would say... Um, Really, really value the relationships in your life and really, really fight for connectivity in those relationships. Because the older you get, you know, if, especially if you get married, you start having kids, some of your friends start moving away, it can become really hard to maintain some of those connections. And so if I could go back, I would tell myself, 
really fight to maintain those connections with the important people in your life. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome. So lastly, just give people one more chance. Where can you find the album? Uh, and yeah. what's it called and all that stuff? Yeah. The album is called Illuminated by NVC Worship. And you can find it on Apple Music, uh, YouTube Music, Spotify, and just about anywhere else that music is available. Awesome. Buy it. Listen to it. That's right. Over and over again. Make sure it's in your Spotify wrapped next yes, year. That's right. The that's top right. five songs. So yeah, whatever right. out of the seven you want to pick, pick those. <laughs> yeah. but no, thanks, Dave, for, for being on. This was so much fun. Yeah. Love you. you. Appreciate Steven. you, the person you are, the husband, father, all of those things. So just appreciate your time. Thanks, Steven. Love you, man. Thank Love you. you too. See you next week. <laughs> thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Going Somewhere podcast. I had so much fun chatting with Dave, and I am so excited about the NVC Worship album, Illuminated. Uh, You can get it anywhere you listen to music, but right now I'm going to give you a little preview of one of the songs, Great Is Your Love. Enjoy. setting of the same 
Your name it shall be praised forever and always. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, your name it shall be praised forever and always. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, your name it shall be praised forever Faithfulness reaches to the sky. 